Hey there, welcome to another episode of Bill Selleck Talks. My name is Bill Selleck. This is me talking. So I had a revelation just last night, and I'm going to share it with you. Punk rock music that has scatting in it has taught me about the complexities of change in education. All right, we're going to break this down. That was quite a sentence, and I'm guessing you were not quite expecting that. Or maybe the title of it actually helped you, and you were expecting it. Anyway, not the point. I found out MXPX, one of my favorite bands of all time historically. I don't listen to them a lot anymore, but I just don't listen to a lot of punk rock music anymore. I used to. You followed the Rising Decline retrospective, and if not, now's the time to go listen to that. No, now's the time to finish listening to this episode and then go back and listen to those where I break down um, my punk rock band Rising Decline's 15-song album, and you get an episode about each song and lessons I learned about technology or education or educational technology in them. And so this is kind of a similar riff on that, but I'm listening to the... uh, the new MXPX live album from San Antonio, I believe. And they have the song Chick Magnet, which is one of their more popular ones, not one of the more complicated ones. It actually started off where, you know, anytime like there'd be a a technical mistake or error or problem on stage, Mike, the bass player, would just play, um, would play this bass line. It goes like this. Right, so it starts off as just kind of filling time while they're trying to fix the guitar amp or whatever, or trying to fix the snares that fell off the snare drum or while the monitors aren't working or whatever. This is the song. I knew the song. I've seen MXPX maybe 20 times and they always play Chick Magnet. And so the first time I was ready to hear them, I was like, all right, here comes the part where Mike kind of scats at the end. And, uh, and the recorded version of it, I'm going to play the whole thing the first time and you're going to hear a couple of versions of it. The recorded version of it, from their album Life in General goes like this. Awesome, right? That's a very punk rock version of a way to, to scat. Musically, I love it. But as I go to, you know, once Life in General came out, I was like, all right, cool. Like, what's Mike going to do tonight? He's the singer. He's the bass player. Let's let's hear what he's going to scat, right? Because the whole idea of jazz music in general and scatting in particular is that it's different every time you do it, right? So I'm like, all right, here we go. And as it turns out, MXPX has a handful of live albums released. Here's not the exact version that I heard, but as it turns out, it's a version that happens every time. Are you ready for it? Right, what'd you notice? (laughs) It's exactly the same, right? And so the first time it was me, you know, being like teenager learning how to play guitar. I was like, that's not jazz music. I wasn't digging it. And then sure enough, here's uh, the version I was just listening to, the, uh, the San Antonio version. This is just from this past year. Are you ready for it? Here it comes. Sweet and 
Are you noticing a pattern here? It's the same exact thing, right? There's no improv because as it turns out, they're not a jazz band or a punk rock band. And for the longest time, I saw this as a miss. I saw this as just not impressive. Like, dude, you have a chance to just like, you can scat every night that you perform and have like a different version of it. But no, it's the same exact thing that they've been doing for years, since 1995, which, you ready to do the math with me? Dude, <laughs> 26 years. For 26 years, he'd been singing the same exact thing. And I didn't like it. I really like, like the core of me as a musician was like, dude, do something different. But last night, last night, all of that changed. Because what I realized is that everybody in the crowd sings along. Everybody has their moment to sing that. Depending on the night, I'm sure Mike just steps away from the mic. That was a mic joke, kind of. It's funny in my head. And the whole crowd can sing it without him, right? Yuri can just keep time on the drums or clap or whatever. Everybody sings it. Everybody knows. It's replicable. It's easy. It's accessible, right? Meanwhile, what did I do <laughs> with my band? Are you ready for it? Here's what I chose to do. Our music was... I would say complicated. I was about to say unnecessarily complicated. I think it was actually just complicated in a way that made it hard to sing along with, made it hard to be accessible, made it far more interesting if you're a musician, but also made it not as singable, right? All right, so I'm going to play an example of one of the songs that I wrote, Memoirs of a Forgotten Rockstar, which is actually about getting to know um, professional punk rock musicians and how what I thought they would be is very different from who they are and realizing they're just humans just trying to write their own music and live their own lives, right? Like that's kind of the cliff notes of the song that uh, past Bill in his early 20s wrote about. Um, and so I'm going to play a little bit of the, the breakdown here. The song is in 6-8, which is interesting and different if you're a musician. might mean something to you. If not, then they're just numbers. Uh, but the breakdown actually switches to 4-4. Four, four. I'm just going to drop this in, in the background as I kind of cue this up. Um, and so it's, it's like a big change right here. Pretty interesting to go from 6-8 to 4-4 four, four time. It goes back to 6-8 time, um, but not before. It has this cool build, I think, right? It's pretty cool stuff. It's about to switch back to 6-8 here, which I think is complicated enough. And it's going to build, and then we rock out, and this actually, like... Definitely landed live. This was like a fun song to play live for us, for the crowd. But the way we get back to the chorus is there's a break. And what I actually play on the bass is an Italian sixth chord that resolves to a one over five, then to a five, then back to a one, right? If you know music theory, you're like, what? <laughs> this is what you did? And if not, it just sounds really complicated. And that's kind of the point. Here it is right now. So it just kind of sounds like this kind of chord. There's just this, like the bass goes, duh, 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 duh. but really there's some like really intricate music theory going on in there um, that actually I think works. You know, I, I definitely have written plenty of music that um, was complicated for the sake of being complicated and interesting to me, but not particularly um, catchy music or even good music. Right. 
So what happens with that? That music that I wrote, it's complicated. It's not easily replicable, right? It, had we been a huge band, people like, you know, guitar tab or bass tab members of Forgotten Rockstar, I doubt anyone actually would have correctly like notated the Italian six chord going to a, a one over five to a five back to a one. I might have actually jumped in and been like, here's what it is. Here's the theory behind it. Um, I would have been that type of professional musician in a famous band or a vaguely famous band. All of this, I think, connects super well with education. There are a handful of things that a lot of us have been doing that are student-centered, that are innovative, that are just like really, really good teaching, right? And I'm definitely at the point in my career where it's just like, how are we still just like teaching to the test, teaching from a textbook, doing like paper and pencil worksheets all day, every day, right? Like, not to say that anyone's actually doing that, but that's definitely like, that continues to be the stereotype in all popular media, TVs, movies, just in conversations, right? Like that's still what school looks like. Kids are still, for the most part, sitting in rows, facing forward. The teacher, for the most part, is talking. Um, and I know hundreds of teachers doing amazing things, right? And the goal is not to take away from that. My point and my noticing with this is that I think teaching is like the rising decline version of music or like it's really complicated. It's not easily replicable. It's really complex, right? It is not a makerspace in a box, right? I think why well, I have such a visceral reaction to when I see makerspace in a box that like I want to both punch something and vomit. You can't do a makerspace in a box. And for the most part, you can't do teaching in a box, you know, like the, the most high level of this that I think, you know, around like a, a family dinner, you know, with extended family, they'd be like, why are you so tired as a teacher? You've taught the same thing for 30 years. You're like, no, I have different kids every year. So it's a different lesson. Plus I'm growing, plus they're growing, plus the world is changing, right? Like teaching is not a simple thing. I would argue it's one of the more complex things you can do as a career ever. Um, and I think that's why it's so rewarding and engaging and exhausting, I think that teaching is not one size fits all. It'd be so much easier if it was, but it's not. I think that textbooks, that worksheets, that, I mean, even some just like websites and apps do make it accessible for all, right? So in some ways, it's actually really cool to have like start with this. Hopefully it's not do only this, but like start with this idea. I think if that's all you do, you kind of lose what teaching is about, right? So I, I think two things happened with me in the last week, in the last day, really. I think I have more appreciation for MXPX, for the song that Mike wrote, for the song that Mike sings every single time exactly the same way because it's accessible, it's fun, it's like a group experience, right? Like there's something to be said for that, to write something that however the size of a room is, you know, 100 people, 10,000 people, that they can all sing the same thing at the same time and be like, yes, right? Like, that's something I've never been able to really do is write a song that an entire room full of people can just shout. So I think there's something really special about that. But I think the distinction is that that's not what good teaching looks like. You can't just do a simple thing that everybody can replicate, Right. So as we look at changing education at the system of education, 
Education is an infinitely complex system. Even just one school site is an infinitely complex system. And changing that isn't going to just happen because someone has decided, hey, I'm going to mix things up. I'm going to get rid of those worksheets or that textbook. I'm going to write the song with my kids. I'm going to make a movie with my students. Um, we're going to do a podcast or do a poetry book. Like there's hundreds and thousands of permutations. Well, for doing permutations, there's billions of permutations of what you could do. Um, but the idea that you could just be like, here's what we're going to do moving forward. Um, and suddenly things will change just is not going to happen. So I think it's, it's really recognizing the complexity that education is, that the system of education is, and to, to continue to engage in that, to continue and work in that. And then also to recognize where those moments of just simplicity are, where those moments of catchiness are, um, and to appreciate when someone can get, you know, 10,000 people to sing the same song at the same time. So those are my thoughts. Thank you for listening. My name is Bill Selleck. This has been me talking.